was insane. Yeah, it certainly was unusual. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. My guest this evening, all stars, together at last. Chris Lambert is here from her car. This is the dedication to... <laughs> Emily is in a car right now, so if there are sound issues, bear with us. But she's so yeah. wants to be here that she's making it happen. So we're going to go with it. Yes. Yes. This is like number four, five, four. This is your. I don't even remember. Yeah. This is number four fourth. now, I think. Yes. Yeah. My fourth visit. I couldn't miss it. This movie is awesome. So I had to, had to discuss it. Yeah. I wanted to give you a little bit of a reward since we started strong with Keep the Change. And then you had two real shit sandwiches back to back. So <laughs> I was happy to, that I can pay you back for your. Yeah. No, this one was definitely, um, it was definitely payback. Like it was, it was a good one. Like, like I told you, I ugly cried. Um, I got like really into it and I liked the characters and stuff. So yeah, it was really good. It was really good. The really good movie we're talking about is pork pie from the year 2017 you know who's has a real good track record of making movies people from new zealand yeah i mean we've got taika watiti we've got peter jackson we've got martin campbell you've got jane campion and this guy matt murphy yeah this is a good ass movie and it's the kind of it's a gift from the podcast to me because it's a movie that i had never heard of probably never would have heard of if it hadn't come up completely at random as our movies do and much like this is our home or soul to keep or maybe another movie or two that we've had on the podcast that are just things that were completely not on my radar at all and now that they are in my life i'm very very pleased because this is a really good really really good movie oh yeah like i've never even heard of it i was like pork pie what? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad I um, got to hear about this one. So I probably will watch it again. And it's one I think, yeah, I'd recommend to other people to watch because it's really cute. Yes, I already have been. I have gone to several people at my work and been like, hey, I watched this movie last week. you got to watch it. I know you've never heard of it, but go find it. Yeah. Well, and it's on Tubi too, isn't it? So you can, like, check it out, like, free if you get to be yeah it was a bit of a almost a snafu where when i when it was picked at random it was on amazon prime as well which is how i watched it the first time and then when i went back a couple days later to take my notes it wasn't on prime anymore so luckily it was on tubi yeah pork pie is directed by a gentleman named matt murphy and there's a bit of an interesting backstory here he's the son of director jeff murphy who directed a movie called Goodbye Pork Pie in the 70s, which this is a remake of. Oh. Um, His father also directed Dante's Peak, Free Jack, Young Guns 2, and Under Siege 2. Wow. And it's it's kind of unfortunate for Matt Murphy and for this movie. This movie was not very well received in its homeland of New Zealand because people have such a love for his father's the original Goodbye Pork Pie, 
that they were kind of like, no, 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 thank you. We'll stick with the original. And so it wasn't received very well in New Zealand, which it might be a part of the reason why we, we haven't heard of it here either. I think they're wrong. I have not seen the original. I'm considering tracking it down to see and compare and contrast the two. But it looks, from what little bit I could tell, it looks like the the like the Kira character, that female character, isn't even a part of it. It's just two dudes. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that for sure. But I, I, it would have to be a real good movie to be better than this movie because this movie is really good. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I'm kind of partial to this one now. So, like, probably I'm not going to like the other one if I watch it because, you know. It's like I've seen this one first. So I'm really attached to it. So, yeah, that'll happen. Most times on this show, you know, there's people who listen who watch the movies along with. Maybe they watch the movie before they listen to the show. Maybe they listen to the show first and then watch the movie. Maybe they just listen to the show and don't bother with the movie. Which for a bad movie is okay because we kind of told you all the reasons you shouldn't watch it anyway. But this is one of those movies, yeah. rare, much like this is our home that I would say before you listen to this stop yes. stop listening right now and go and watch the movie first because we're going to spoil the shit out of it and it's worth yes, watching definitely. with fresh eyes like don't let us ruin it like watch it first <laughs> yeah yeah so that's my warning on that obey if you wish i guess so the movie opens with there's a young uh, i'm going to I've heard it different ways, and I don't want to say it wrong. I've heard Maori, but I guess mm-hmm. the way they say it more in the movie is Maori. Mm-hmm. So the you know the indigenous yeah, I think of the accent, yeah, yeah, the indigenous people of New Zealand, um, a young right. Maori man who's being chased by some dudes through like a junkyard. He steals a yellow Mini Cooper and takes off. We don't know what the story is there, but he's fleeing trouble and he steals this car. It is. Uh, well, yeah, he said it was already like stolen to begin with. Like he stole it, but he stole it from those guys he was working for, who were like mobsters or whatever, like the New Zealand equivalent of the mob. <laughs> They're like criminals. And this so. the, this character is Luke, who is played by an actor named James Rolleston, who was the titular boy in Taika Waititi's second movie, Boy. Uh, he was much younger then and he's all grown up now we then meet john who's played by dino gorman who played feely in the hobbit movies and he was also i don't know if people remember there was a young hercules tv show starring ryan gosling it was like his first thing well his sidekick was like what was this guy's name i don't remember but gosling's sidekick on that show was this guy dino gorman so Oh my I don't know why I know this, but it's Eolus. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. As far as I know, I've never watched that show, but I know that. <laughs> and uh, our boy John here, we learn has just, he's kind of crashing at some friend's house because he's lost his apartment because he has had a breakup with his fiance, which mm-hmm. we'll learn more about later. Mm-hmm. And um, he's decided that's no good. He's going to go try to meet up with her and get her back so that's where we're at with him so he takes his car (laughs) and something goes wrong with the car it breaks down it's 
this movie is funny in general. Like, there's never anything that's like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Like, this should be in the trailer. But there's just a steady line of funniness through the movie where a lot of the dialogue is just funny. Not like super, super funny, but funny. And all the jokes kind of land. Yeah. But this is a good gag where he pulls up to the service station and goes in and is like, something's wrong with my car. I don't know what's going on. And behind him through the window, we see his car burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> and it made me laugh. Well, I think that's what made it so funny for me was like that the main character guy, uh, John, right? Yep. He he was really like tongue in cheek. Like everything he said was really um, like he could say something deadpan, but it just kind of like really made it funny. Um, just his reactions and the way he's like, like he said, he's like, there's something wrong with my car. And then the car's like burst into flames. Like he knew something was legit wrong with it. Cause it was like dropping parts on the highway on the way to here. So yeah, it was just, um, I kind of enjoy that kind of humor where it's like, it's not over the top. It's just like little things that they say that kind of like stick with you. Yeah. And it's just, and it's shot for maximum, just the way the shot is set up with the car behind him. And he's talking for a while. So you don't really think you're not expecting anything to happen. And then right when he says, I think my car is overheating, it starts on fire and, it, and he doesn't realize it. Like it's just, it's a perfectly composed shot for comedy. Like it's really well done. So he's going to now have to hitchhike to, because Susie is at a friend of theirs wedding and he's going to kind of crash the wedding and go see her. You get the sense that she doesn't really want to see him, Yeah. but he's going to go anyway and try to win her back. He is almost hit by Luke while trying to hitchhike because Luke is speeding around corners and stuff and almost yeah. takes him out. But he... Like, um, really, really close. Like, that was some really good stunt driving. Because yeah. he... I, I don't even know if that was actually... The guy playing John standing there on the road, or if it was a stunt double, but that car comes so close. So close. <laughs> what was so funny to me was he had just gotten off the phone with his friend because he had stolen his friend's suit, you know? And he's like, Oh, that's my favorite suit, or whatever. Like, take good care of it. And he's like, Oh, I've got it. I've got it. I'll take good care of it. And then, like, just right after that, he almost gets hit by the car and he the suit jacket gets run over and it has like literal like tire tracks on it. Like, oops. Yeah, there's never a, mind. There's a lot of good stunts and a lot of good stunt driving in this movie, but it's never over the top. Like it all feels like what realistically someone could yeah. just go and do. Like it's not, yeah. it's not, it's never over the top. It's never like Mission Impossible or Fast and the Furious or something. It looks like, like it's still interesting to look at and it looks cool, but it's never like, oh, wow, he did, like, a loop-de-loop -loop in the air as he jumped over a train or some bullshit, you know? Like, it's just lots of, like, e-brake to spin the car around and take corners tight and weaving in and out of traffic and stuff, so it's... The only thing I think you might have to suspend belief a little bit is later on when he jumps it onto the train or whatever. I'd say maybe that's a little bit stretching it, but even then, the way they shot it, it made it look realistic enough that, that it seemed kind of plausible. You know, like, okay, he might because the car's so little and the way their train station was, he just, like, right into the into the boxcar. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's barely even a jump. He kind of just drove into <laughs> drove into the boxcar. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's always maybe, like, almost over the top, but never quite 
gets there. Yeah. And so Luke, he's like, oh, I don't suppose you're heading south, are you? And he's like, yeah. So Luke gives him a ride, says that it's his mom's car, because John's like, well, this is, a, this is a real nice car for somebody your age. And he's like, what, what is that even supposed to mean? Like, is that like a racist thing? What are you saying? <laughs> he's like, no, nothing, nothing. It's cool. Maybe you won the lottery or something. He's like, no, it's my mom's car. So um, they stop at a gas, or I guess petrol station to uh, gas up the car. Petrol. And uh, Luke goes into the bathroom and John's like, hey, do you want me to pitch in some gas? And Luke's like, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. So he's filling up the car and he gets interrupted and distracted by a phone call from his literary agent who's like where's the book you promised us what you sent us is a shit sandwich <laughs> and like you owe us this book and you're making me look bad you're making yourself look bad so it's, it's his life is blown up it's not going well and, and yeah um, like he has hit rock bottom i think i mean i think this really is like his rock bottom to a certain point and i think that's kind of what made it so great he just ran out of like any kind of care at all. He's like, well, fine, just like let's crash and burn um, because everything that could go wrong did go wrong, <laughs> was going wrong. But because he's him, dis- because he's distracted by this phone call and just gets back in the car to talk after filling after putting gas in the car, Luke comes out assuming that John has paid for the gas, like he said he would. John got distracted and self-indulged and, you know, and has forgotten. So they drive off without paying for the gas, without knowing. And then John assumes John wasn't paying attention to where Luke went. So he didn't know Luke went to the bathroom. He thought Luke went in to pay for gas. So they both think each other paid and they drive off without paying, which leads to them getting pulled over by a motorcycle cop who, and John, God bless him, he's trying. When the cop pulls him over, he really launches into like, I'm your liberal ally mode because he's like oh what are you like what are you pulling him over for what's the probable cause just because he's maori and the cop bends it's such a again it's such a perfectly framed comedic shot because the cop bends down to the window and lifts his visor and he's maori too so john's like oh shit (laughs) so luke makes up an excuse about like oh he's he's just upset because his cat got run over yeah and luke reveals to john that like i don't he's like you gotta be careful. You're gonna lose your license. He's like, I don't have a license, so he takes takes off, and so the motorcycle cop is chasing him. He winds up. He's showing off what a good sort of driver he is. Winds up getting away from the cop because the cop overshoots a turn and goes flying into a lake. And so, yeah. Now the the adventure has begun. And here's one of the lines that I had to write down because it actually made me laugh out loud <clears throat> when the cop pulls him over. He's, he comes back, he's like, look, this, this car is registered to somebody named Jock. Either of you guys, Jock? He's like, no, and that's when they take off. He's, John's like, you said this You said this was your mom's car. Whose mom is named Jock? <laughs> yeah, it's registered to Jock Stevens. Yeah. Who we, I mean, we, I guess we kind of never find out who that is. But the point is, it's not his car, and it's not his mom's car either, like he said, so... Something's well, and on. by the end, I don't. I think it's kind of irrelevant, anyways. Like, no spoilers. We'll get there at the very end. But it's like, poor Jock. It, like, it doesn't really matter, anyways, at the end with That's the true. the whole state of thing. I hope <laughs> I hope Jock, Jock is insured. <laughs> yeah, fully insured. <laughs> well, but Jock already had his car stolen by these chop shop guys that were chasing Luke around. Yeah. So 
Because yeah. he has stolen a car that was already stolen. So it's not, yeah. you know, he's a second-hand like, thief I, out of necessity. I feel like him and Kira are, like, chaotic good or whatever, you know? Like, yes. Like, they're not bad, but they do a little bit of questionable gray area stuff, you know, but for, like, good cause a lot of the time. Absolutely. Speaking of Kira, here's where we meet her. They go to, they decide they're hungry. They've escaped the cops, so they're, you know, feeling, not feeling the pressure. They go to Burger Flame, and we meet Kira, who's played by Ashley Cummings, who, not to get too thirsty on Maine here, here's a little story. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I already liked her. She was the main, She was the lead in the TV show Nosferatu. And I liked her in that. She's really great in that. And I already was developing a little bit of a crush on her from that show. In this movie, <laughs> she is the dead ringer for an ex of mine. Like, if you chopped, her, like, the hair she her, she has pretty long hair in here in this, shaved on one side. If you cut the length of that hair in half, because I noticed back even on watching Nosferatu that they had very similar, face, they facially were very similar. Her outfit in this movie, with the army jacket and the torn leggings and the piercings and the tattoos, she looks exactly like an ex of mine, which gave me oh very, God. very conflicted feelings watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> because on one hand, it reminded me of why I liked that girl in the first place. But then it also reminded me that that girl was a raging alcoholic, and it's <laughs> it, it's why she's my ex. So, but yeah. So I was going through some things <laughs> watching this. But this was a real journey for you. It was. A real was. journey. I mean, it's it's staggering how much they look alike. And the, like, I'm, that camouflage jacket she's wearing is literally stolen from my ex's closet. She wore that every single day. <laughs> so it was like, whoa, what's going on? Anyway, <laughs> TMI about me. So... <laughs> Some guys have pulled up to... Kira's working the drive-thru at Burger Flame. There's some guys who give her a hard time because their order got messed up. And they're assholes. They're like... She's like, oh, I can give you free Coke. And they're like, how about a free blowjob? And she's like, no, free Coke. And chucks their this large Coke into the window at them and <laughs> soaks them all, which is the right move. But her boss is watching her. Yeah. And it's going to get her fired. So when Luke and John pull up to get their order, she's like... Hey, I might not work here. <laughs> I don't remember what the exchange is, but it's something like, yeah, I probably don't work here anymore. And he's like, oh, are you in trouble? And she's like, yeah, probably. And he's like, would you need a ride? And so she hops out the drive-through window, climbs over John and Luke, and gets in the back seat. And now our trio is complete. <laughs> and she she's a very likable character as well. I feel like she's she walks right up to the line of being manic pixie dream girl maybe even spits over that line mm -hmm. but never quite cross it like never you know like she's close but she never gets to that sort of aggravating yeah. and annoying level of it for me anyway yeah no uh, i really liked her and i felt like her um character kind of glued the whole trio together like i can't imagine with the original one they're just being the two guys I feel like the dynamic wouldn't be as good um, I don't know. I just like the dynamic of the three of them together. Yeah, and I and I could be wrong about well. that. I could be wrong about that too, because that was just that's just from reading the description. It didn't sound like it, but I haven't seen it, so I could be wrong. Kira has been slipping. She is a vegetarian animal rights activist 
she has been slipping these sort of pamphlets or brochures yeah. into people's <laughs> orders that are like, you know, well, you don't even know what you're eating. Like you're killing all yeah. these cows and half your meat's like horse meat or something, which is a funny dichotomy that like, okay, it's like 20% work... of it's horse or something like that. Yeah. And you, but like you work at the equivalent of like Burger King, but you're so like, how do you justify that with yourself? You know? And that's kind of, it's kind of the only, if there's a downside to, if I have a complaint at all about this movie, I feel like there's something a little bigger at, at the end, but I feel like her character is wildly underdeveloped. She's very likable and very charming and fits and makes the dynamic of the three of them, like you said, work very well. But we don't, apart from she's an animal rights activist until she's high. <laughs> um <laughs> We don't really know anything else about her. She's kind of a, you know, a, she feels a little thin as a character, I, I, I think, compared to the other two anyway. Yeah, I, I think that probably just had to do with where they had to figure out what they Because a lot does get packed into this movie for its runtime. So, I mean, she probably just suffered from that. But, yeah, you never really hear anything about like, her family or anyone else in her life just how she relates to these but uh she can tie a tie and they can't because they pull up to <laughs> this they're gonna drop john off at this uh wedding where Susie's at and he's trying to get his tie they're watching they're doing what i do because i can't tie either which is watching a youtube video of someone teaching you how to tie a tie and you think you would learn it eventually but no you just watch it every time and they can't even watching the video they can't get it right he and luke john and luke both together can't get it and she's like oh my god and crawls over the back seat and ties it for him yeah they drop john at the wedding he sees susie from sort of across the way after he gets hit on by like this weird cougar and then um <laughs> but he sees susie with like sort of arm in arm with a guy who's brought her over champagne and kind of immediately makes an assumption and finally gets her alone and really fucks this up because he kind of goes on the defensive. He's butthurt and his ego. He thought he was going to come in here and ride in and win her back. And she's already, we don't, I guess we don't know how long it's been since they broke up, but probably not. I mean, it's within yeah. the last couple months at most, maybe even weeks. And she, he thinks she's got this new guy already who's like, yeah. who, who he describes as an ubermensch because he's like, just like a jack, like a ripped blonde guy or like a fit you know well, yeah he had like the man bun and everything like yeah. yeah tall and so instead of winning her back he kind of is snarky and launches into her about like how she has a new guy already and that he's like the total opposite of what i am you know and so yeah. she rightly so does not take that well and so he has botched his chance to even try to win her back. And then, I think he made it worse. <laughs> really, like a lot worse. Because he said something kind of offensive. I don't remember what it was. Like, I think he made some kind of, like he implied that the guy was like kind of dumb or something like that. Um, but that he must make up for it in other ways or something. Like there was some kind of comment like that that she got really like pissed off about. And I was like, ooh, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> He definitely does a, a dumb guy thing, for sure. So he leaves this wedding dejected. Kira, before they had dropped him off, Kira had gotten a text 
from somebody that there is a warehouse party. So he knows they must have, there's a scene that they don't show and we don't really need it, but it, one has to assume that they traded phone numbers or something because he finds them. He doesn't just wander across. Oh, there's the car again. Like he knows where they're at. Yeah. So he goes to this warehouse party that Kira got invited to and Luke has gone to. And it turns out to be all these other animal rights activists who are throwing this warehouse party because they're going to march on parliament tomorrow morning to protest whatever it is they're protesting. They call themselves the Silence of the Lambs. There's a guy at this party dressed like Hannibal Lecter who's kind of <laughs> a creepy guy who's freaking everybody out. But he's actually yeah. a mellow yeah, dude. He, he, he was the weed guy, freak. right? Yeah, he's got a big bag of weed and he's constantly walking up. I guess... <laughs> This I know this isn't as far as I know American slang. It must be New Zealand specific. But he just says session and makes like the weed motion, like <laughs> the joint motion. So that must be what it means. Like want to go smoke a J is just session. And they're always like, no, we're good, thanks, we're fine. Um, and yeah, there's a really funny moment here where John comes around the corner and that guy dressed like Hannibal Lecter is standing there, and John kind of jumps like, oh, and then the Hannibal Lecter guy goes, oh, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So Kira's dancing. Luke comes over because he can see that John, things did not go John's way. John is quite upset and getting drunk. And, you know, he's like, hey, man, don't worry about it. Why don't you just, you know, work on your book? You can finish your book. And John's like, yeah, I'm going to finish my book. I'm going to sit down right now at this party and finish my book. And he pulls his laptop out and it's destroyed. Like the screen is just demolished. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck. And then Luke's like, don't you have a backup? And he's like, I do. It's in my car. And there's a beat where he's like, it takes him a second to remember that his car blew up. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> like, it's really good. So yeah. now, like, this is rock bottom now. That was one of the things I thought was funny. Because he, like, he thought he was at rock bottom before, but this is worse. Because now he, he took his shot to get her back and he fucked it up royally. He can't even work Big on time. his book. <laughs> so... So now he's just going to get drunk and, and they get they get high as well because session guy comes around again and they're like, yeah, all right, this time I will. So we got to the next morning. Kira and Luke are asleep in the Mini Cooper, which has been decorated by the activists with all these. They've written all over it and there's a coffin on top. I guess that's what it's they've written on. got a coffin on. on the top. <laughs> yeah, there's a white coffin on top with yeah. streamers and shit hanging off of it and they've written all their slogans on it. And they're like, oh, fuck, we're missing the... Like, we're supposed to be at the protest right now. We're late. Let, 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 let's go. Because Luke has kind of resigned himself to, like, I'm just going to drive this girl around because I don't have anything else to do. So, like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of... Yeah. There hasn't been a lot of sparks flying between them just yet, but he's, you know, I get it, Luke. So they take off to catch up to where the protest is at, down at Parliament Hall or whatever, not realizing that John has gone to sleep for the night in the coffin on top of the car so he wakes up speeding down the road in this coffin that is strapped to the top of the this car this is like one of my favorite parts <laughs> and he starts banging on the roof and they're like what the hell is that and they look over at the reflective buildings they're driving by and they can see that john is on top of the uh, sitting in this coffin so they slam on the brakes and this is i don't know if this was if this was cgi assisted or completely practical but if it is, a stuntman took his fucking life in his hands because this stunt is wild. They slam on the brakes. The That's coffin scary. goes. The coffin flies off the roof and slides across the road, and he ducks just in time to not get decapitated by a semi that's going by. And the coffin goes right underneath the semi. Like if that was a legit stuntman and that was all practical, wow, good work. Mm -mm. 
Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> there was like literally not even like an inch, it looked like, between the coffin and like the axle of the truck. Like it had to have scraped a little bit going under there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, but it was so funny because <laughs> you know he's okay that it was just like, oh my gosh. That, yeah, some of the stunts and stuff in here was really um, impressive. Really impressive. Yeah. And at this point, the, the cops are chasing because they saw the dude in the coffin on top of the car. <laughs> and rightly so, started chasing them. <laughs> well, it could be a number of things because Kira instantly thinks like, oh, they're at, what oppressors, they're after us because we're protesting. We have a right to protest. Fuck you guys. Luke thinks like, Oh, this is the same shit as before. They know it's a stolen car and we stole gas. It could be both of those things or either of those things. We don't know. But yeah, so John kind of stands up woozy from nearly dying and says like, well, they're like, get in the car, get in the car, get in the car. So he jumps in the car and he's like, the first thing he says is, I need coffee, which is pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, there's another car chase. They're getting chased by the cops. He gets away from them by, I mean, all sorts. Oh, he drives through the train station mm-hmm. well before all that while the car chase is going on john is on the phone with his best buddy that he stole the suit from who it'll matter later is married no. to Susie's best friend becca he's trying to have a conversation while this car chase is happening so his friend's like what is going on why do i hear sirens and crazy and he's like oh, i'm watching a movie don't worry about it he's trying to keep the conversation going but he's also getting like car sick while he's talking on the phone because they're doing all these crazy turns <laughs> and spins and stuff and he finds out from this phone call that the guy that he saw Susie with is not her boyfriend. It's like her gay support friend who was there to like lend her emotional yeah, support. Yeah, like her gay well. bestie or whatever. And now, after the confrontation they had, Susie has gone, has left town, gone down south to the town of In- Invercargo, where her mom lives, and she's staying there for a couple days. So that's the pertinent information that he needs to get from that phone call and then he starts and this is something that you do not see in movies but you should because it's very realistic and funny is all of this crazy driving is it makes john john starts vomiting out the side of the car because he's getting car sick from all these crazy stunts that are happening and that never happens in movies it should Well, especially because they were all partying like the night before and he'd gotten like really messed up yes um so like you know i'm sure they're a little bit hungover to begin with but then with all of that there's no way like i don't know how they weren't all throwing it <laughs> with some of that some of that stuff so yeah that was really um pretty realistic and they also pass Ugh. they passed the protest that they were supposed to be at and just keep going but they're kind of like yeah you know <laughs> because they can't stop because they're still being chased by police he drives up the stairs into the train station and before the cops can kind of see where they're at and what they're doing john gets the bright idea of like i'm going to jump out i'm going to open this box car and we'll all get out of the car and get in this box car and get away and luke's like nope i'm driving the car into the box car and that's what he does (laughs) because he has some for whatever reason he has some connection to this car and he's not willing to just walk away from it despite it being the source of all of his problems at the moment well i think uh i don't know in my because i was kind of thinking about that a lot because even kira said something once he did finally get in the train car you know she's like why won't you give up the car he's like i'm not giving up this car you know and i i wonder 
wonder if it had something to do with the fact he was a race car driver at one point, and that's part of why he was working for these chop shop guys. And plus, like, now that he doesn't have a job with them, he doesn't have anything else. I mean, you kind of get the impression that he's, like, the car basically is all he has at this point now. Like, there's nothing left to go back to. So it's, like, his one thing. I don't know. That was just kind of – I kind of w- wondered about that, too, like, why he was so attached to the car. So it was kind of, like, brainstorming it. Yeah, it's some sort of, and the fact that he lied and said that it was his mom's car. I'm just yeah. gonna say mom like they do instead of mom. It's, it's he, he feels some sort of connection to his mother because of or through this car, even though yeah. it belongs to a Jock Stevens. But it's something about something about this car makes him feel closer and reminder of his mother. Yeah. Well, and too because he ended up the whole reason he ended up having to work for these guys was after his mom died. He had like no family no money no nothing or whatever so to do his race car driving to get the money for the parts and all that kind of stuff he had to do all that like illegal crap for these mob people (laughs) so yeah i'm sure there's like there has to be a lot of like the mom whole mom backstory i think attached to that car yeah i feel like it's almost a mistake to have the cop say that it's it makes for a funny line a funny joke but i feel like saying that the car is registered to jock stevens they should have just made it that it actually is his mom's car and that's why he's so attached to it yeah because it kind of muddies the waters owned by this other guy yeah but at the end that would make it really sad though if it was his mom's car (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) I, i really think it is more just what Emily was saying is this is all he's got. Yeah. Which is why at the end or towards the end, he's not jump too far ahead, but he's not so worried about giving it up because he's got Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's like the car before he picks up John and Kira and all that. That's like his lifeline. That's like his only thing. The only thing he has left, basically, and especially as a race car driver, like driving is like his life, you know, so I could see. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of things you could connect to that. So they get onto this into this box car and the train pulls away from the station. They get out of the car. Kira slaps Luke hard because she's like, I told <laughs> you to stop. Like, you're a maniac. What the hell are you doing? You stupid boy racing cars around like that was terrifying. I'm not we're not friends right now and walks away <laughs> which you know fair well and she's also mad that she's she's missing her chance to to be a part of what she was doing and pack the boat and all that yeah but, and then they don't really show but in a scene that they don't give us the the train car is loaded on the ferry and while she's while they're on the ferry she's you know she tells she's still mad but she's looking at her phone and like pictures or a video of him that she made on her phone and she's kind of smiling so you can tell though she's mad she's really kind of taken with him yeah and it's on the ferry while she's looking at her phone that john plants the idea in her head of like it's fine if you missed the protest or the rally or whatever like take it to the internet tweet out what you want to say go to social media you know mm-hmm. you can still be an activist 
that way, which will be, which I guess she hadn't thought of, I don't know, but she has this video on hand and she unfortunately takes his advice or maybe fortunately depending on, but it definitely changes the course of events. Yeah. Like that sets off the entire rest of the timeline basically. So they're just kind of hanging so, out in yeah. the car. The car, their, the Mini Cooper is inside a boxcar, which is inside the ferry. And they're kind of hiding out. They go up on the deck and hang out too, but they're kind of hiding on the car. And Luke and Kira are in there. And she says, I promise not to slap you again if you promise that when I say stop, you will stop. And he's like, okay, that's fair. And then he's pretty smooth dude. Says, and she apologizes for slapping him. And he says, you could kiss it better and points at his cheek. And she kisses his cheek. And then he's like, ah, it was the other cheek. Gotcha. So you're starting to see the, you know, forming between them. I really liked the kid that played um, Luke. I thought he was so cute. And, like, he just really, um, I don't know. He was just a really likable character. He played the part really well. Like, I really liked his character. I really felt for him. I would I would honestly say that about all three of the main characters, the casting of this movie. Yeah, all three of them are very very charming, very likable, and they their their chemistry together works. Yeah, well. Oh yeah, as a group, they did they meshed really well. Their personalities and the way they played the parts, it's like you could totally realistically see them as like yeah they this gang of people that just kind of end up together, but then kind of become this weird little family. So yeah, I it, it very much reminds me of, of like all the, the buddy road trip comedies. And, and like, this is one of the, the best examples of seasons on this. Cause those can be kind of done corny when they're not done very well, but this one's done really, really well. So like, it's got that whole, you know, normal people who aren't in a movie probably would have, within you know, half hour of this movie going, would have just stopped the car and been like, you know, forget this, it's over, walked away. But people in these type of movies just, they roll with everything and they just, they go with it. And that's, I mean, that leads to them forming this, this relationship they all have. Well, it's like each person, like, they met each other at, like, the perfect time where each one of them basically had nothing left to lose at that right. point so they're just kind of like f it <laughs> like, <let's laughs> like literally i have nothing else left so yeah i think it's really good their dynamic is really good and the actors are able to carry the comedy bits but also carry the sincere moments and emotional moments too so they're both, you know, they're all yeah. pretty multifaceted and good at their jobs, I guess is what I'm saying. So they find this make this Definitely. shit makes me nervous because they start exploring the rest of the train. And I know that I'm sure there were precautions taken or whatever, but they are legit on a moving train. And like the space, there's a place where a car, train car should be that isn't there. That's just like the wheels and the frame or whatever. And they're traveling, they walk across that to get from the car, the train car where the, the Mini Cooper's in to explore, hey, what's in these other train cars? And the shots of them walking across that framework while the train is moving put me so on edge. <laughs> like, just made me very, very <laughs> nervous for no reason because I'm sure they were perfectly safe, but oof, it gave me like shivers. Oh, yeah. 
But they, yeah, they went across the flat car. Well, like just even moving in between the cars, like that is so dangerous. <laughs> like, I'm sure the train wasn't going very fast, and I'm sure their railroad's a lot different over there than it would be like here in the U.S. But yeah, that was like uh, one slip, and you are like chopped liver. <laughs> well, yeah, and and when they they get to the car that they wind up hanging out in, like they come in through the side panel door so they must have they had to like shimmy along the side of it just like hanging on until they got to the door that's yeah that's really crazy. no thank you yeah this car that they go to is full of circus gear it's storage or whatever for a traveling circus the blondini brothers and so they start playing dress up and just hanging out and having fun trying on and here's where we get the name the title of the movie luke tries on a pork pie hat so john starts calling him that John's wearing like a like a cool like a uh, what is it like a conductor's or like a band leader's uniform. Yeah, know? she's wearing an assortment of dresses and hats and masks and things. So they're just enjoying their train ride, just wearing all this circus stuff. And it's here while they're there's also like a bottle of like champagne or wine or something in there. We find out that Luke speaks French very well, which surprises them. We also get the reveal, John reveals to them and to us that the reason he and Susie broke up is that he was a no-show at their wedding. They were supposed to get married, and he got, the day of the wedding, he got really down on himself and very worried that, like, she's a lawyer, she's got all this stuff going for her, and I'm this failing writer who can't get his, you know, she's too good for me, and I'm going to drag her down with me, so... I'm not going to go to my wedding, you know, and ditched her there. Like, yeah. Like, Which left her at the altar. <laughs> is a bad move. Coming from a good place, at least, you know, it's something you mm. think about. But, you know, that sort of insecurity and, like, that'll mess you up. And it messed him up and ruined everything. So, John falls asleep on the sofa because they've been drinking some champagne or wine or whatever. And Kira and Luke are hanging out. And he's not really putting the moves on her, but he's, like, holding her hand and stuff. She feels the vibe coming on, and she says to him that she has two rules. You need to understand before this goes any further. I only do it once, and feelings cannot enter into it. And Luke, a nice, honest boy that he is, and a smooth boy, <laughs> says, I cannot promise the second part because, you know, I already have yeah. feelings for you. And she's like, well, what if I break your little heart? And he's like, it'll be worth it for to have what I'm feeling right now. And at first it looks like she's going to be like, well, no dice then. But then they're kissing and they're making out. And John, a gentleman's <laughs> gentleman, wakes up, sees them making out. And instead of being a pervy creep and like pulling the blanket up so he can watch them, gets up and silently leaves the room. <laughs> like, what a good man. Yeah. yeah. So we cut to the next morning because sun is shining in. Post-coital, as they say. Uh, Luke and Kira are having a conversation, sort of under blankets, clearly unclothed, and things have happened. And he tells her, she asks him why he knows French, and he talks about his mom. He says his mom was a French teacher who started teaching him French when he was two, and that she has passed away. And she's she's like, say, say things to French, say things in French to me, <laughs> which is, that's pretty good. I mean, hey, if you're going to learn French... That's a perfect use for it, this entertaining lady. <laughs> there you go. And John, this is funny too, John interrupts, he comes in and he's like, we should, 
because they start making out again and they're gonna have sex again and john walks in and he's like we we need to get off or we should get off and i look at him like what and he's like no the three of us should get off as if that made it better and they still look at him like what the fuck are you talking about and then he's like no we should get off the train the train is pulling up to the thing so they're like oh shit so they're throwing their clothes on they get back in the mini cooper and have to time it right so that right when it pulls up to the station and the door is lined up with the place that they can sort of an open enough area that they can so he can drive it out just straight out of the car onto the and lucky that that's like right at the same level and not like a two-foot drop or something yeah so now they're off the train driving again well actually before they get off john and john and luke go to sort of get the car ready or whatever she stays behind puts the circus mask on and makes a video in which she says we're the she doesn't call them the blondini gang or whatever but the blondini brother sign is behind her which is how they kind of get dubbed that um but she's basically like you know this is for animal rights this is for the protest what you're doing is wrong you know we're gonna fight this to the end and we're taking it all the way to in in the cargo so she yeah makes a video basically saying where they are and where they're going which is a mistake <laughs> well-intentioned but a mistake and they don't know that this is happening so they're driving again they stop at some kind of jetty or something just because i guess they needed uh, to take a break i don't know how far it is they're driving and i don't know i guess i don't know how big new zealand is how many miles to drive from one end to the other but they take a lot of breaks, I guess is what I'm saying. But they stop at like this jetty. Luke and Kira are kind of hanging out and cuddling with each other. Luke apparently downloads a game of some sort, which will become important. And John calls and gets... He's trying to call Susie at, his, at her mom's house. Her mom answers. So he has to put... He puts on like a, like a fake Scottish accent to, like, to pretend it's not him. But she sees through him immediately and he's like i want let me talk to susie and she's like uh no not only she hangs up on him and then also unhooks the landline and steals susie's cell phone so that he cannot get through to her at all so mom has had enough of his all of his monkey shines altogether. together drive in they make an improvised bong out of a it's not a megaphone but like a bullhorn like the circus this metal you know circus guys yelling into a bullhorn thing and they're all three using that but that makes that makes kira want chips and this like non-vegan ice cream and they're like whoa what what happened to you being a vegan and she's like i don't know i just want ice cream so they stop to get ice cream and they learn that john is inside getting snacks and there's like a mechanic lady in there and she's she's eyes glued to the tv because something something's going on and there's a news report about the Blondini gang, how they've gone viral, it's as big as the Ice Bucket Challenge, everybody's talking about it, and on the TV is plastered all three of their faces, what their car looks like, and where they're going, and John's like, shit. While he's in the store doing that, Kira and Luke have sex in the car, and again, the gentleman, he comes back to the <laughs> car to get in, and he sees what they're doing, he's like, oh, and he shuts the door, and he's just waiting outside for them to finish. And there's another couple, there's a couple walking up in front of their vehicle and they see what's going on. And John says to them, good day for it. And they turn around and walk away. It's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, so he jumps in and he's like, this is what's going on. This has gone viral. And she's like, that's awesome. And they're like, that's not awesome. Because 
they can track your phone based because of the vi like they can track your IP address or whatever from the video you uploaded. And she's like, it's fine. I have it in airplane mode. They can't do anything. And Luke is like, no, it's not anymore because when we were at the jetty or whatever, I downloaded that game. Remember? So now, <laughs> so the police know where we are, where we're going, and they're probably tracking us as we speak. Why they didn't throw the phones out right here? I guess I don't. I don't really know. It would have been smart to just everybody chuck your cell phones out the window and go. But they didn't. Yeah. But they really. Yeah, they, they should have just gotten some of those like burner phones. Or just gone without. I don't know. <laughs> but they really lay into Kira about like. And they're not even mean about it. They're not like, God, you're stupid. Why did you do that? They're just like, you have to understand what you just did. Like, we're in trouble now. Like, <laughs> they yeah. can find us. They're going to catch us. And it really makes her upset. And she's crying and she's like, nope, let me out. Like, I, I was doing, I did the right thing. This is for the cause, whatever. And she gets out because they've had to stop because there's a herd of sheep being herded across the road. And she gets out. John's like, I'll, I'll, I'll go get her and I'll talk to, to come back. Don't worry about it. She gets around the corner and stumbles across, like just around the corner of this building where they can't see, a roadblock has been set up. And there's a bunch of cop, so the boys are about to drive right into trouble. So she steals the police car <laughs> and starts driving it as a diversion so that they can get away. And there's a kind of a, a tough moment where like they kind of lock eyes and you can tell that she's like, no, I'm making the sacrifice so you guys can get away. I know you don't want to leave me behind, but you have, you have to go. So Luke's all pissed off about it, but they take off. She's arrested. Cops are chasing them for a while. Here's the thing that I like. Because Americans, what we when we first discovered New Zealand, I guess, was from the Lord of the Rings movies, and our the vision in our head of New Zealand is like, oh, it's this magical, everything landscape, and no one lives there. But what's cool about this movie is you get, don't get much of that. It's mostly in the city or in like the rural areas just outside the big cities. Like, of course, New Zealand has big cities. A fuck ton of people live there. Like, it's not just Hobbiton and like <laughs> a glacier. You know, there's <laughs> fucking people live here. So we get to see the more urban side of New Zealand, which is cool. But now they're kind of out in the boonies a little bit. And there's the cops are kind of chasing them. They don't really have anywhere to... He can't really do much of his stunt driving because there's no other cars. There's no buildings. But he does manage to kind of slip before they can see him down under a bridge. And they zoom over past him. So they're hiding out. Oh, fun fact, too. Um, I have been to New Zealand, but only to the airport. <laughs> All I've seen of New Zealand is the airport because <laughs> I had to stop over there to switch planes because I went to Australia like years and years ago. But you go like you stop in New Zealand at their airport and then then you go on to to Australia. It's like a stop that you go on the way there and on the way back. So I have been there, but like I, like I said, I only saw the airport. <laughs> So I can't tell you what, and it was nighttime both times, so I couldn't tell you what it looked like there or anything. So, yeah. Still cool. I've never been in New Zealand. But yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, Ashley Cummings is actually an Australian actress. Not a, I think everyone else is from New Zealand, but she's she's an Australian actress. Yeah. And snuck her way in here. So John is sitting, Luke kind of storms off to be by himself because he's upset that they lost Kira and they're probably going to get caught by the police. John hears on the national radio station that everyone in New Zealand is hearing 
Susie's friend Becca calls in because the radio show is like, hey, what about these blonde Indians? What do you guys think? Are they heroes or criminals or what? And her friend Becca calls in and is like, he's not really a hero. I know that guy. He's not really a hero or a villain. He just made a bad decision. He left his fiance at the altar and he's trying to get her back and it's not going to work. And they're laughing at it. They're like, oh, this guy's an even bigger loser than we thought. So now he's been like shamed on national radio. So every time he thinks he's hit rock bottom, it's worse. And then he immediately also opens like a pop or something, which explodes all over him. And now his pants are soaking wet. So he's sitting around in his underwear. So every time he thinks he's hit rock bottom, it gets a little bit worse. Yep. But then he and Luke have a conversation. And here's where Luke reveals all of the what the, sort of the criminal past is. Of, yeah, his mother died. Stock car racing reminded him of her and kept him close to her. So he was doing that. But to pay for the parts and the upkeep of the car, he had to get them from these chop shop guys. So he wound up owing them a lot of money. So he had to... He wound up being a driver for them, a getaway driver when they robbed places, drug runs, all kinds of stuff he didn't want to do, but he didn't have much choice. So he's not really a criminal per se. And Luke now still with nothing, nothing really to do, doubles down on like, well, we got to get John, we got to get you to Invercargill, get you back to your girl. Like, that's my mission now. We just have to figure out how, because now there's a helicopter flying around. There's cops down the road have set up another roadblock. There's a helicopter flying around. It's an open field, like open area. What are we going to do here? John decides the best thing he can do because it makes him think clearer. Because <laughs> smoke more weed. And so, and it's another funny kind of perfectly delivered line because he's like, he's like, Luke's like, should you be doing that? And John's like, no, it clears my mind. It make, I do all my best thinking when I'm high, and it clears my mind. <laughs> it's very funny because he said it twice because he's high. And there's this uh, there's this other great moment where when he tells him the story about his mom and all that, he's, he's like, "Yeah, I, you know, I don't really have anything now. I'm just kind of a loser." And John's like, "It's it's one of those nice moments where they go from like." Like, oh, touching drama to a, a joke that works really well, where he's like, he's like, you know, you're the reason I'm still on this. You've inspired me to to keep trying to get Susie and to, to go all the way with this and, and not give up. He's like, so let's go. And it's just like a shot of like their faces, you know. And he stands up and starts walking off, and Luke's like, well, are you going to drive around the countryside in your underwear? And they cut, they hand back and you see him standing there and he's like oh yeah my pants <laughs> yeah there's yeah. a lot of I mean, we're not we're not gonna explain every joke in the movie but there's there's plenty that we're not talking about so believe us when we say that the movie uh, overall the movie is, is very funny well they both looked funny because which like one of them had by then had like an eight an old-fashioned like aviators hat on or whatever with like the goggles and everything and they're like crawling through the grass and yeah yeah that's the next scene is luke is kind of up on a ridge where he can't be seen he's scoping it out he's like shit there's all these cars in a helicopter and up next to him (laughs) crawls john who for the first time we could see he has put on yeah like an old leather aviator cap and aviator goggles and luke is like what the fuck are you wearing that for how is that gonna help (laughs) and he's like it's like because he's high so he's like, it's like Call of Duty. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. And he, and he says, Luke says, 
or John says we should create a diversion, and Luke sarcastically is like, "Yeah, why don't you just call nine or one one one, which is their nine one one? Why don't you call nine one 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 and tell them we're over there, and while they look over there, we'll drive off." And John's like, "Okay, I'm on it," and goes running off. And Luke's like, "Um, I was kidding." Like legit does it. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes over, kind of crawling through the grass, and he takes his phone and he calls one one one, and then because there's a sheep truck driving by that the police have let through the blockade right then. And he chucks it into the back of the sheep truck. So now the police are going to chase the sheep truck thinking it's them because they're tracking the phone. Yeah, so they use that as a, as a diversion to get away. And we're back on the road. At which point we see a motorcycle kind of following them from afar. And they get into town. And not a motorcycle cop, just like a guy on a motorcycle. They get into town and they're... There's a bunch of people who are like, oh, shit, it's the Blondini gang. Yeah. You know, and there's people that are cheering at him. And then this motorcycle guy pulls up next to them and is like, hey, you guys are fucked. And they're like, hey, thanks, bro. <laughs> like, go away. And it's like, no, listen, I have a police scanner. They have checkpoints here, here, and here, and two more helicopters coming. And like, you're not going to make it. And Luke's also, and Luke is like, fuck, I'm also almost out of gas. And this guy's like, well, I'm Bongo. I'm your biggest fan. I come to my garage. I'll hook you up with petrol. And help you find like a way around this stuff so they kind of begrudgingly at first they're like no we're good man like we don't want to drag you into this but realizing they do need gas they're in trouble so they follow this guy to this dilapidated ass house of his that's partially falling down and into his garage yeah where they find out that he is a maniac <laughs> a crazy my god crazy gun hoarding maniac because he pulls out an enormous revolver with like a sniper scope on it and he's bragging about how like oh i could kill a guy from three kilometers away and he would never even know i was there and like that's cool we're just gonna get gas and go and he's like no i'm gonna come with you because i'm like part of the team now and they're like no 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 no. there's no joining we're not a team like we just need gas and he's like oh you're using me for my gas and John calls him Pongo instead of Bongo by mistake, and he loses his mind. He's pointing the gun at John. He's going to shoot John. He's freaking out. And Luke is like, oh, that was a, hey, that was a test. That was the test to get into the Blondini gang, and you passed. Good job. Go get your stuff. Come with us. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get my stuff. And by stuff, he means his closet full of weapons. He has... Yeah. A wall of guns, the kind of which I didn't even know they had in New Zealand, but apparently <laughs> I thought that was a U.S. thing. Like, he might as well be in Texas, this guy. Yeah. But he's got a closet full of armaments, and while he's getting that, they're like, fucking, let's go, let's grab the gas. And so they take off. He comes running out of the house with a fucking bazooka, like a legit... <laughs> le bazooka, which luckily is a dud, because he probably bought it off eBay or something. And it just kind of fizzles and doesn't go off. <laughs> but, well, I thought it shot backwards or something. Didn't it like shoot backwards? Do you have it on backwards? Like a little, like a little like smoke and sparks come out the back. Like it didn't work. Yeah. But then he. Yeah. <laughs> and then he shoots himself in the foot, literally. Like he's mad that the bazooka <laughs> didn't work, and he sets his he, he points his pistol down, shoots himself in the foot goes to the police station and tells the police, oh, the Blondini gang is just driving around shooting people and I'm the only one who survived. So now the police call in like the armed response SWAT team guys with machine guns and shit and armor. So things have now escalated to a terrible degree. 
that was devious too like because he legit was basically like intentionally getting them almost killed you know because like he knew by doing that that like they were going to ramp up you know all the police force and the pressure and all that on them was going to be even worse so he's basically like well fine if i can't be part of the gang then i'm going to make sure like they're screwed so yeah it's an addictiveness of them leaving him behind but also probably embarrassment of like i don't want to go to the hospital and tell them i shot myself and i, I probably also don't want the police <laughs> to know about my arsenal that i have at my garage it's probably not legal so yeah I've got to pass, pass the buck on to someone else. So that's what he does. In police custody, Kira steals like a janitor's or something's phone that he left sitting out. Because she is seen as they're sort of walking her through the police station. She sees, on, she sees the armed response team going out and finds out that they're going out to get the Blondini boys. She's like, for what? They, there's no way they did anything. And she learns that, like, oh, they're being blamed for, like, shooting people. And she's like, there's no way they don't do that. They don't even have guns. So she steals the janitor's phone, makes another video, sort of puts a call out to the people of, like, hey, resist the police. They're making this up. There's no way. I don't know what happened, but there's no way that the Blondini gang is shooting people. It's a peaceful protest for animals, and they're not like that. So don't believe what the police are telling, which then also goes viral. Luke and John stop again at another gas station. And there's a there's a hay truck between where their car is and they don't know this, a cop car. So the hay truck is between so they can't see each other. John gets out to use the payphone since he doesn't have his phone anymore. And Luke goes into the store to buy snacks or whatever. And the hay truck pulls away so that this the older there's two cops the older cop has gone into the shop or to the bathroom or whatever and there's like a rookie cop who sees the blondini's mini cooper the famous one freaks out pulls his gun out goes in and john is just connected to because back at her mom's house susie's like why is the phone unhooked this is weird did you take my phone hooks the phone back up just in time as he's calling on the payphone and she answers and he's about to talk to her and that's when he sees shit there's a cop car right there and Luke is in the store, and there's a cop with a gun going in after him. There's there's a bit of hide and chase, but what winds up happening is Luke gets shot by this cop. Shot in the back. And oh. was, it was rough for you? This is where I ugly cried. This is where I ugly cried so bad. And I was like, no! Because I thought maybe he was going to die or something. And I was like, ah! like, Because, you know, I said I like this guy so much. So yeah, like I ugly cried so bad for this entire time, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, like surely they're not gonna like. I don't, I don't think the movie's gonna go like that dark or whatever where he ends up dying. But yeah, no, I totally, I lost it, lost it. So Luke has been shot. This kind of Samaritan driving a semi pulls up and jumps out and is like checking him out. To, you know, um, and John and Luke are kind of tearfully. Meanwhile, the Mini Cooper is rolling away because John jumped out of it to go help Luke, which John doesn't see it, but Luke does. And he's like, you got to go. And he's like, I'm not leaving you. I don't care. Like, Invercarvo can wait. And he's like, no, you have to go. Look, like, look, the car's rolling away. Um, there's a cool bit where the, the, this good Samaritan guy is like, because the rookie cop is like, hey, sir, back away from that guy. Back away from that guy. He's dangerous. And the good Samaritan is like, you're the only dangerous person I see here. You have a gun. Like, yeah. <laughs> and John gets in this cop's face. He's like, 
he walks right into this guy's gun. He's like, you shot my friend, so you put that gun away or I'm going to shove it up your ass, you know? Like, And the older cop comes out yeah. and is like, whoa, what happened out here, rookie? Like, you fucked up. Like, stand over here. Just calm down a second. But Luke convinces John, like, no, you got to go. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to be okay. They're taking me to the hospital. So John runs and jumps in the Mini Cooper as it's rolling away. And the cops can't chase him because the Good Samaritan has them sort of blocked in with his big truck. So, and here is yeah. where, if there's one kind of failing of this movie for me, it's that I was so invested in Luke and Kira, and they are more interesting characters to me than John is. I like John a lot, but I've yeah. seen this story before. I've seen a guy who blew up his life and messed up with his girl, and now he has to go win her back by doing some kind of crazy chase or something. You're like, I've seen that. And now Luke and Kira are just gone yeah. from the last half hour of this movie, and it's just John's movie all of a sudden. And that, to me, is kind of yeah. like, eh, that's less interesting to me than if, when all three of them were together. You know? Yeah. But I still like it a lot, but that, to me, I don't know, a little bit of a... It takes it from, yeah, a, it takes it from an A-plus to an A-minus. We got to that gas station lady that John met earlier who was telling him, like, I love these Blondini boys. They're great. And because the news is still going on saying that, you know, because uh, Kira's new video has gone viral about how, like, there's no way they shot anybody. And she gets on the phone with someone. We don't know who. And she's like, get the lads out, whatever that means. We don't know if she's a good guy, a bad guy. We don't know if she's calling for help or calling like, oh, the cops are failing to catch these guys. I'm going to call in my pipe hitting motherfuckers to go catch these guys. We don't know what's going on yet. So John... Being chased by the police, he gets through to Susie finally on... See, now, what, whose cell phone does he have now? Because he threw his in the sheep truck. Is it Kira's cell phone? He must have Kira's cell phone. It, it is, because yeah. it has the screensaver that says whatever her slogan, her vegan slogan was. That's right. Yeah. So he has Kira's phone. And he gets through to Susie, and she's like, okay, I will meet up with you at our, you know, this old restaurant that we've been to that you know but i'm on my way back out of town back home and he you know he's like no i'm like half an hour or i'm like i'm close i'm almost there which is news to her <laughs> she's like okay i will wait till seven o'clock or whatever don't let me down again show up for me you know because he very tearfully it's such a good performance he has to get to Susie before she leaves in cardell cargill Meanwhile, he is being right. chased by police, which she does not know. But yeah, it's a very he. Yeah, it's a very good. He's got a. He has a good performance because he's very emotional, talking to her. And he's telling her like, "No, I messed up. I messed this up. You're beautiful and perfect." And I just, you know, he's crying and like it's really good. Yeah. So it looks yeah. like the cops are about to catch him, and then what should up? We start hearing "Ride of the Valkyries." And he's like, "What? where is this coming from? And all of these Mini Coopers, because the mechanic lady, I guess, is a member of the Mini Cooper Club of yeah. New Zealand. All these Mini Cooper collectors. So this army of probably a dozen Mini Coopers that don't all look exactly like, like the one he's driving, but there's a couple that are yellow and stuff. So come in and they're weaving in and out and they're dressed in like chicken costumes and clown outfits. But they're... <laughs> causing a distraction they're distracting the police so they don't know which one to follow and it's like here follow that white one he'll lead you away so he follows that one and so this just this mini cooper club comes in and saves him from the police it's pretty pretty cool 
So I love that part. Like that was so funny to me. It's like, and a bunch of them were like these big guys, you know, like these big guys shoved into these like mini Cooper, <laughs> and they looked like you know, like rough tough guys. Like it was a motorcycle gang, but it wasn't. It was like a mini Cooper <laughs> gang, <laughs> a <Yeah>. mini Cooper club. <laughs> I, oh god I loved it and like it was the moment that happens in all these types of movies that almost makes you go well that's I don't buy that but it, it I didn't care because it was <laughs> at that point I was thoroughly in and I was just like yes this is awesome and especially when, really dude, when the dude pulls up beside him in the chicken suit that was <laughs> Yeah, he pulls, he pulls the mask off, the mask off, and it's just this big Maori guy. And John's like, why, "Why are you doing this? You don't need to like. You guys are gonna get in trouble now. You don't need to help me." And he's like, "No, you got, you gotta go get your girl, man. Like they're just, they got his back all the way." So he's he's escaped the police momentarily. He gets sort of by. Well, he comes to one last kind of roadblock, and while escaping from that. The cops shoot at the car, hit one of his back tires and his gas tank. You know, he does not know it. And sparks are shooting off the tire. Yeah. And sets, lights the back of the car on fire. So this guy in burning cars, he does not have good luck. He, yeah, no. Yeah, like, it's basically like he's going to blow up at any minute. But he makes it to Invercargill. The car is burning just as she is walking like, she's given up. Like, he's late. He was supposed to show up for me. He can't do it, this man. She's leaving the diner. There's a crowd gathered around the TV in the window on the street showing her, or showing the, from, like, a helicopter the burning car coming into town. But she's not looking at any of that because she has other things on her mind. And he comes sliding around the corner in front of her with the car on fire, jumps out, rolls out of the car, and it just, like runs into a, a parked car and it doesn't like explode it just like it's just a burning car that collides with another <laughs> car and she's like what the fuck is going on and he walks up and it's this is where it's like okay this is maybe this is maybe a little over the top like as far as like you know but it it still works for me because it's not because it's not you know the car I doesn't loved it. the car doesn't run into the other car and immediately explode it just kind of sits there burning for a minute but he walks up and he's like this she's like what is going on the police helicopter's shining the spotlight on him and the SWAT team's coming up behind him and he says this is me showing up for you which is all not what she wanted you know and she's very confused but happy and they kiss and then the police come in and put handcuffs on him and start dragging him away and the crowd's like boo let him go let him kiss more like we like kissing we like kissing <laughs> I agree I just I like when people kiss <laughs> and then the car blows up <laughs> so her not her night is going very unexpectedly but they throw in the back of a paddy wagon and then they let her and i don't know if this would happen either but they let her maybe it's because he's such a sort of national celebrity at this point they're like we have to do this the right way and not be seen as so they let her sit in the back with him because she's like well you're gonna need a good lawyer 
so yeah so she like didn't even go on her trip or anything like she didn't leave like she was supposed to or any of that so that kind of gives you the impression like okay they're they're on the road back to working things out yeah they're back and I love, together i love there's a there's a moment there where they they haul him off and she turns around like turns away and she sees on the tv the the footage of the car going down the road and, and like all this stuff, viral stuff and she sees mm-hmm. all he, it dawns on her what he's done to get to her like she sees it all in that moment and she's like oh my god and that, that's why she goes and yeah. you know decides she's gonna be his lawyer and hops in the van with him yeah i loved she, it i loved that ending i thought it was funny she was kind of off the grid at her mom's and was unaware that any of this stuff was happening and I guess because her mom and yeah, well, her mom unhooked the phone, so not even like her friends can call her and be like, "Yo, do you see what your old man is doing?" <laughs> like, so she had no idea. Yeah, she, I'm sure she has questions. Like, why were the cops chasing you in the first place? <laughs> but that can all be explained. Yeah, and that's then the credits start. But during the credits, we get sort of the what was Animal House ending or Breakfast Club ending, whatever it is, where they show after the fact. It's Animal House, right? We see John and Susie's wedding where he is sweating. He is very nervous. And it says that (laughs) Susie stood him up for an hour or two. So she just, as payback, made him sweat it out for a couple hours before she showed up. And then they got married and lived happily ever after. Yes. And then we cut to the only other kind of the left. Well, the very last scene is the police coming to the hospital to get Luke. And he's not there. And we cut outside. And Kira's dressed up in nurse's scrubs like hauling ass pushing his wheelchair away like Bonnie like they were talking early in the movie we didn't mention it but they were very they're talking about Bonnie and Clyde and how like romantic and cool that is and John had to remind them like yeah they died in a hail of bullets like so many bullets it's not as romantic as you think but now they're both Bonnie yeah, and Clyde like... admit to the end because she's she's ripping ass across the parking lot pushing his wheelchair and they're both smiling and happy and it's super cute and it's it's a great way to end it I don't know yeah, and it says something about them not, like, ever showing up to their court appearance. Like, they have yet to show up for their court appearances or anything. Yeah. It's just like they skipped out. Yeah, they'll be, like, forever on the run, maybe. Who knows? But... Oh, yeah. Well, with their, both of their characters and then both being kind of chaotic good, it kind of makes sense that they would just always stay off the, you know, off the official radar. <laughs> just like... Well, and also nope. you have to wonder how much trouble are they, would they really be in even if they did? Because, I mean, John yeah. was in light enough trouble apparently that he could just go get married very shortly thereafter. So I think yeah. between the national sort of media attention and, you know, the rookie shooting an unarmed man for no reason, they probably would have got off yeah. light where it's like, okay, mitigating circumstances and misunderstandings and all of that do three months community service for stealing a car or whatever and be on your way because they never hurt anybody actually or anything so right and that's the movie great fucking movie really good movie i loved it yeah i this is one like i said i've been i've been telling people to go watch it which is not a thing i do with the movies on this podcast (laughs) yeah most of them it's like hey yeah i watched this movie don't don't watch that movie don't watch it (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I mean, 
And I think it, I think it, as good as the writing and directing is, I think for me, it, it mostly comes down to the performances. The, the three lead actors are so good and so good together. And they're, I mean, the performances are really genuine and just charming. And yeah, it all works for me. Yeah, and the script is good too, which is a big, you know, you can be the best actor in the world with the shit script. It's not going to get you far. But so it's a combination <laughs> of those things. And yeah, that'll do it for the movie. We got big things to do here. Rather than, because we've, we've done our socials and stuff before on the episodes. So I'm not going to, is it cool if we just skip it this yeah. time? Got another bit of business to do, though. I will say, new artwork, the artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey. Uh, follow him at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter. Great artist, did the piece for this show. It's amazing. So good. It's time to push the magic button to see what next week's episode will be. However, next week's episode is episode 50. Bit of a celebration. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be inviting everyone who's ever been on the show, everyone who's ever been a guest, whether they've been on once or 12 times, to come help celebrate. Because the thing that has made this show great for me is my guests. They're all wonderful. I want them all back at once. Episode 50, as we know, is also going to be a full feature live commentary. So a bunch of people in Zoom doing that at once might be a bit of a shit show. We'll see, but I'm going for it. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it works <laughs> out okay. But it's going to be fun. Here's where I'm frightened because I got lucky with the last full commentary. It was It's a Wonderful Life. What will this be? What if I get, you know, 20 people in a Zoom room and we're watching just absolute rubbish that there's nothing to talk about and it's dead air for two hours? I don't know. So pray for me right now as I push the magic button to see what the movie for everyone will be for the big episode 50 Zoombery full commentary. Pushing the magic button now. Cross your fingers and cross your toes. Next week's movie is, oh, you know what? That's very acceptable. Maybe not It's a Wonderful Life, but wow, okay. John dies at the end. That is the movie, a movie I've seen, oh, a movie that I like. I think I just saw that. So, I haven't seen it yet, but I saw the title. We huh. will. Okay, yeah. That's going to be fun. I'm, whew, I feel like I got lucky again. Awesome. All right. So next week's big episode <laughs> 50, John Dies at the End, which is on um, Amazon and Tubi. Also Crackle, if that's your jam, but Amazon and Tubi, that's your two big ones. Yeah. Any closing thoughts from my two beautiful guests? Thank you both for being here and working through all sorts of stuff to be here. Um. <laughs> Uh, just say what? Once again, always glad to be back. Glad to finally get to do an episode with you, Emily. And uh, and no, just really grateful for this uh, for the button giving us a good one this time. Definitely, definitely. Oh yeah, no, I'm glad to be back um, for number four. I'm planning on trying to come back again for number five for the fiftieth. I'm stoked about that. Um, and yeah, like, no, this is fun, especially <laughs> since we, it's been kind of a train wreck with us having to work around my traveling schedule here. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you. But yeah, it's, it's, work, 
<laughs> well, no, I loved I loved this movie. I was going to be really bummed if I didn't get to have my say in about it because it was a really good one, especially after that <laughs> shit show we laughed we watched the last time. This one was really good. So, yeah, like I'm just happy to be here. Excellent. All right. Well, on behalf of myself and Chris and Emily, we'll see you all next week for the big episode 50, John Dies at the End, Zoomberry. Goodbye, everyone.